0: You know, you can go to school, and I don't want to name certain places, but No Truck Stops here. Welcome to No Truck Stops, the Pac-12 basketball podcast. I'm Carlos. Joining me, sick boy Greg at Bananamorphs.
1: Hi. How did you get sick? I woke up, and my throat hurt a lot. And then for the next week, I was sick. It was it was wild, you know.
0: Still are it sounds like.
1: Yeah, just a bit.
0: Avery is uh, also sick. She actually has literal COVID. Uh, I told her to get Paxlovid in our group chat, and she said, <laughs> she said, I think I'm gonna try to raw dog COVID if I can. <laughs> which is the most insane thing i've ever heard no
1: no i i honestly <laughs> wish when i had covid that i hadn't used paxlovid because my least favorite part of covid was the fucking disgusting taste that comes with paxlovid that just sticks in your mouth for like two days yeah and i okay. had to stop taking it it was so bad it was so bad weird weird Weird. Oh, it must be a weird side effect. I feel like
0: it, I haven't. You're the first person I've it's ever heard. it's the most deal with common that.
1: side effect of Paxlovid. Better than dying, I would say, but it is better than dying, I suppose, <laughs> but only just barely. It's close.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, fair enough. Anyway, uh, we have lots of packed basketball to get to. Uh, as always, we'll recap the weekend. We'll talk about MVPs and shit shack residents. We also have a fun NBA tra- trade deadline-themed segment uh, where we get to imagine. That we are God and we can make trades among Pac-12 basketball teams, so that'll be interesting. Uh, but first, we have Pac-12 football discourse up at NoTruckStops.com. Reed actually wrote a great piece grading every single Pac-12 team's 2023 recruiting class. Uh, that was a fun read. I'm not sure if you got to check it out. That's on our Patreon for free. By the way, you don't you don't have to be a subscriber. We just thought we'd give some stuff for folks to check out. What kinds of content we put up there sometimes? So uh, that's at NoTruckStops.com. Uh, Greg, did you get to read through Reed's uh, grades for uh, the recruiting classes, and did you have any gripes? I actually I thought it was pretty good.
1: Uh, I understand that a lot of people, uh, when I say uh, Washington fans had gripes. Washington yes. fans were upset with his grade for them. I thought it was... Fair. I mean, Washington shouldn't get out recruited by Utah. What what's going on there? Especially <laughs> after the season they had. I get Utah won the pack twelve, but you're Washington. They're Utah. Come on. You you have to do better. So uh I, I thought they were good. The Great Yeah,
0: I I think they made sense. I think uh A minus for Utah's greatest class ever. A little low. Uh, yeah, maybe but. that I think the only reason to not give
1: them an A is I guess because they missed on Walker Lions. Mm. But Okay. Outside of that, when it's by far the best class Utah's ever had. Yeah. Yeah. It probably yeah. should be an A.
0: Anyway, uh, so yeah, go check that out. He's got grades and explanations for every single Pac-12 school. It's really good. Uh, Reed is a, a recruiting sicko, so uh, I'm sure he loves talking about that stuff. We have other... Pack 12 football content on there as always we've got our team post-mortems we'll have uh if any news hits the Pack 12 as long as it's not crazy big breaking news you know maybe we've got a lot of little tidbits that we want to talk about we'll post it there um and lastly of course please leave us a five-star review on apple Podcasts and spotify we're perpetually stuck at 3.5 stars on apple and we need your help so leave us five stars on apple Podcasts, and we'll read our favorite review on the next episode all right Let's get right into it with a recap of everything that went down in the Pac-12 this weekend. Uh, I'm actually going to uh, have uh, Greg, I, I did not prepare you for this because I thought it'd be fun again, to have you read the recap that I wrote for you. You've never read this before, so you're reading each word for the first time now. So Greg, how, h- how about your read? Go ahead and read through this. All right. Um, programming note.
1: <laughs> I can see the part that says that I'm a toddler, but I'll just read it anyway. <laughs> we are not talking about the Cal-Utah game or the Stanford-Colorado games because we are recording this before those games get played. Greg is a toddler, <laughs> which is oh, fine. So... <laughs> <laughs> those those games are largely irrelevant unless Cal somehow beats Utah, which, come on, not as outrageous as you might think. Utah did lose to Stanford. We'll get to that. Uh, Anyways, first up, UCLA swept the Washington schools, beating U-Dub on Thursday and throttling Wazoo on Saturday. Uh, I'm not reading that part. No, no, read it. <laughs> USC, read it, on the Grant. other hand, it says, pulled away it from says. those teams, late <laughs> to sweep the Washington schools also. Meanwhile, Arizona swept the Oregon schools, dominating both the Ducks and the Beavs back-to-back. Oregon split their Arizona trip, losing to Arizona, but winning a Thriller in Tempe against the Sun Devils. The Sun Devils, by the way, beat Oregon State, a couple days prior. Stanford got a stunning road win over Utah and Salt Lake City. The Moose were without Gabe Madsen and will be without him for at least the next month. And, oh yeah, Co- Colorado got a sloppy win over Cal. The, read, the, the read line the cuts off at sloppy, and I was, <laughs> I was <laughs> worried about what I was going to say when it got Colorado to the other side. Colorado <laughs> got a <it> sloppy. You <laughs> could have just ended it
0: there. <laughs> um, what was the line that you refused to read? Um... I think
1: I think it was that Josh Rosen was always a fraud and was never actually good. He was just overrated because he was a white quarterback in L.A.
0: 2019 Utah football were frauds. Uh, I, I, and, and I, I never knew you say were going to say that one. I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> you uh self-deprecate, but you wouldn't ever talk shit about 2019 Utah. Sad, Never. sad stuff. Not once. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's actually start getting to talk about basketball. Uh, let's start with Arizona. They swept the Oregon schools starting on Thursday night with a beatdown of Oregon 91-76. to 76. They followed that up with a slaughtering of Oregon State 84-52. to 52. We talked about last week, we talked about Arizona-Oregon being a critical game, and we'll talk about that from the Oregon perspective, but in the end... The Wildcats burned through yet another test. They avenge yet another loss. Uh, this is now the second of their third losses that they've avenged. So, I'm um, my question to you is: Have they, the Wildcats, allayed all of the concerns we had about them a couple weeks ago? Are they are they fully redeemed now? Uh no. Uh,
1: okay. I think it was good that like they are back on the right track, but I think those concerns that we had. I'm still a little bit worried about them when they when they play some better teams. Uh, mm. So, Oregon is a test, for sure. Uh, and that's a great win for them. But at the same time, they're going to be playing much better teams than Oregon in March. And that's, that's where I'm worried that the things that came up in their losses that we were concerned about, I'm still worried those will bite them, even with this win, which was very encouraging. And, of course, the beatdown of Oregon State. But, like, who cares? Yeah. Because Oregon State's not good. But... Yeah, I wouldn't say they've redeemed themselves. I'm not as worried as I was two weeks ago, but I am... Uh, I'm not, like, to where I was before they started losing those games.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. I, uh, I, I sort of think I feel better about Arizona than I did before. Uh, Now, Oregon, this Oregon game, it came in at the McHale Center. So it was a home game still. So they're not getting like a a crazy amount of vengeance, but they still avenged themselves and acquitted themselves pretty well. They were up for the vast majority of that game, uh, did not really relinquish control. I think they were out for blood. They knew, Uh, particularly out for blood. Azulis Tubelis had 40 points off 16 for 20 shooting. 40 points in the college game. That's extremely rare. Um especially to do it off 20 shots, 21 shots. Absurd stuff. Uh he was incredible. He was he was pissed off. He really wanted this game. I think he he personally took it personal uh the last time Oregon beat the hell out of Arizona. Uh, Arizona has definitely found something. I I think you're right. I think I not, not all of the concerns about Arizona are completely gone, but I do think that they've figured out some 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 stuff i feel like <clears throat> their guard plays better i feel like they're getting more from guys like courtney ramey and cedric henderson paolo larson going back to the bench kind of i don't know that's kind of working for me uh it, it feels like he's better off the bench than he is as a starter um kirk creesa is starting to get find his shot especially from three so i i don't know that i would say that they have fixed everything but i do do think they've fixed a considerable amount of stuff, and they're and they are now on a six-game win streak, and the six games are really impressive, right? They beat USC since their loss to Oregon on January fourteenth. They've beaten USC and UCLA back to back, beat Washington State, which is a tough game, uh, and also uh, another revenge mm-hmm. game. They needed to avenge that loss. They beat Washington pretty handily, um, and they struggled with Washington the first time around, so they they took care of them in Seattle. Um, and then they beat Oregon and Oregon State. Uh, Oregon is obviously a tougher more talented team at least. so I, uh, I I'm I'm I don't know. I'm, I think Arizona, I'm not sure that they're scary or dominant, but they are certainly very good. Um, and given the way that the college basketball season un- has unfolded, I mean, we're seeing like top 10 top 25 teams fall left and right every single week. Um, I don't see why Arizona can't be one of the best teams in the country same with UCLA same with maybe even USC like those teams have the talent to compete with anyone else if uh if we're seeing if what we're seeing from these other teams is any indication that the quality and the gap isn't that big yeah so I mean yeah I I don't want to sound like I'm too low on
1: Arizona uh they are at this point I think they're favorites to win the Pac-12 tournament uh oh interesting okay because I just think the matchup we talked about it With the bigs, it's very hard for UCLA. Um, But uh, just I I don't know if they're as good as last year's Arizona. Well, I'm sure that they're not as good as last year's Arizona. And I'm worried that they will come to a similar end as last year's Arizona is to just get a tough team. Like when I say tough, I don't mean that in like it's a good team. I mean like a hard physical team that will also – be able to do what Washington State and Utah did to him in spreading out those bigs. If you play one of those teams in the Sweet 16, I think Arizona's going to lose again.
0: Yeah, I, I will see. I, I feel like the Arizona isn't can get out toughed to out physical narrative is I think it's real. I don't know. I don't think it's just bullshit. Um, I also think as Julius Tubelis is playing more physical, I think, than he that's true, than he ever has.
1: Absolutely true. I think he was a little bit soft last year, or maybe that's that's a bit much. But like, no, there were I, I absolutely think that's fair. times when uh, I can't remember the guy's name. I think Kenny Lofton was his name for TCU. Eddie Lampkin, Lampkin, that was his name.
0: Eddie Lampkin, not Lofton.
1: Yep. Okay, uh, yeah. They, like, it just felt like he he disappeared a little bit. Like he just yeah. he got bullied, and then he just didn't want to. He didn't want to give it back, and this year. We're definitely seeing less of that. He seems much angrier. He seems much more uh, willing to go at people. And, you know, you're seeing it in his numbers. He's been incredible this year. Runaway favorite for Pac-12 player of the year. Uh, So I think the toughness thing might be better. What I'm worried about is that's not going to make up for the fact that I'm worried about them on the wing. Uh, Like, just defending players, they don't... They don't have Ben, ben Matherin or Dalen Terry to defend those uh, stars for the other team. I don't trust Kirk Kirkcisa to do it, you know. Sure. Uh, and while I think Courtney Ramey is a great player, he's not. He's not them, uh, right? And then I forgot what I was saying. No, I mean, anyway,
0: I, think, I, I don't trust them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think defensively they've got. Uh, they have some, I guess, talent issues defensively, but I don't know. Defense. This is the best uh sort of defensive streak they've had all season that's true they
1: are playing really well right now
0: um i I think their defense wasn't that great against oregon but it was pretty good against washington it was great against washington state uh obviously it was awesome against ucla and usc so like you know with the exception of the oregon game where they again just sort of blitzed oregon early and put them away i I don't know defensively they have been much better and i and I, i I agree that they don't have as many talented players, but they certainly are playing much better together defensively. And again, I just think Azulis Tubelis is is so much tougher than he was last year. Oh, this weekend he had fifty nine points off twenty two for thirty one shooting. Uh, put got uh, what is this eight plus nine seventeen boards. Uh, got a block in there. I, I and and compare that to how last season ended for Azulis Tubelis. He had two points against Houston, five points against TCU. 13 points against Wright State, 9 mm-hmm. points against UCLA. Uh that was a horrendous ending for as you listen Arizona fans were pissed off at him too. They also you said uh soft was too harsh. Arizona fans were calling him soft after this game, uh after that season. So and I think he's he himself has grown a lot as a player in terms of toughening up and uh playing physical so we'll, we'll see I th- i'm curious i think we are going to get a test ucl they get ucla at the end of the season to end the season thankfully because beautiful the pac-12 schedule makers knew they knew i'm glad that they did this i think they pac-12 the pac-12 knew that ucla arizona were, were going to be on collision courses again um so the, putting them at the end fantastic so uh that they have to go to los angeles to play ucla uh and ucla is a physical team they have they f- they are playing more physical right now we'll get to ucla in a little bit let's yeah, that, uh, that uh that ucla
1: arizona game could very well decide the pac-12 regular season title so yeah
0: that'd be great i'm oh, hoping it. for it's it so i hope <laughs> that happens oh awesome that'd be great uh let's let's talk about oregon though because oregon lost this game badly to arizona uh but they ended up bouncing back to beat arizona state in tempe it was a close game that uh franklin was very very crazy very frantic i'm not sure if you saw the end of it but uh they did win that game so how much of that game did you watch between oregon and arizona state and you still you still have hope for the ducks despite the fact that they split it one one yeah so i saw the beginning of
1: the oregon arizona game and the end of the Air- oregon arizona state game <laughs> uh And I frankly just don't care about the Arizona state win because I figure once they lost to Arizona like that, once they lost like that, their season's over. I mean, Mm. like they'll go to the NIT or whatever, but for Oregon, the NIT, it doesn't matter. Like for Utah, I think the NIT is good for ASU. The NIT is fine, but for Oregon, I think they have higher ambitions right now where they are as a program. And, uh, that loss to Arizona looked so bad. They just, like, different level teams. Like, so, so, the gap was so big. Uh, and at this point, I don't think Oregon, because obviously their only path to the tournament at this point is winning the, uh, the conference tournament. I just don't think they they can do that uh, at this point. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't really care about the Arizona State win. I care about that more from the perspective of it's a bad loss for ASU. Even if they're like similar level teams, it's a it's a win they needed to have.
0: I I disagree. So first of all, that Arizona State Oregon game, the ending of that, we should talk about that real quick. The ending of that was absurd, (laughs) Uh, insane game, insane decision making from Bobby Hurley. Uh, So Arizona State was yeah. Arizona State was trailing big uh, going into the final ten minutes of the game. It was it felt like Oregon kind of had control for much of this game. Uh, you know, uh I don't know, a good chunk of it. Obviously, I think Arizona State had a pretty good first half. Um, but uh Oregon ended up sort of taking putting putting its hands on it. Arizona State had a furious rally at the end. Yeah. Fueled by Arizona State uh <laughs> they are uh they are hectic. They are chaotic as all hell. Uh <laughs> pure chaos when they play games they are one in five no one in yeah one in five over the past six games so they haven't been they has not been Jesus, translated to man, wins i forgot it was that bad it's it's they've fallen off a cliff um but the end of that game it felt like uh they were doing some stuff defensively oregon it like they come they're they got really aggressive defensively and oregon forgot how to take care of the ball turned over a dozen times it felt Mm -hmm. like uh arizona state was hitting some ridiculous shots uh frankie collins just attacking the rim and uh they ended up making this a really really fun finish uh at the in the end they ended up losing but um the one thing i wanted to pull out from that is uh, desert financial arena or you know i guess i don't know what an arizona state fan calls tells me that they call it the activity center I, I don't know that they gave away the naming rights which is which is boring because i you know what do you call what do you call arizona state's arena but apparently it's the activity center slash desert financial you know whatever it's called <laughs> in, that environment is insane i'm not sure if you got to watch it with sound on holy shit i think arizona state has the second best crowd in the pac-12 and it's a bummer that they've lost now yeah, uh, five of their last six because i think those crowds are going to die down but it was uh, that place was rocking for this one. Yeah, it's it's weird to me. I just had never thought of
1: Arizona State as as like a program with that kind of pull. But their games are just more fun to watch because of the crowd. Like I like yeah. watching their home games because the crowd gives them an atmosphere. It makes the games feel bigger because the crowd is so into it. Um, and I'm looking at the like you know ESPN on their app. it'll show how many people are there. And it says it was only sixty nine percent full, but it, it feels sound like it. Yeah, it feels so
0: much more. <laughs> like, yeah,
1: that's a very loud sixty
0: nine percent of people. It's a nice number, but I feel like they. It felt like it was one hundred percent.
1: Truly, it's it the crowd is is very good.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Arizona State, though, some stupid decision making down the down the stretch they had a couple of opportunities to pull ahead or to pull even and i counted three different times i think where arizona state had plenty of time you know they at one point it was about 45 seconds left i should pull up the play-by-play but i think it was like 40 45 seconds left down two i think or down three i couldn't tell which i think it was down two i think it's down three. Oh, and within and within 15 seconds within 15 10 seconds they, like, jacked up a prayer three as if they were down seven. <laughs> Insane shit. I don't know what they were thinking. And then, <laughs> uh, so they did that, like, twice, where they just jacked up a three uh, without uh, without needing to. They could have gotten a quick two at any point, tied the game. Uh, so there's that. And then <laughs> when they're down six with, like, 12 seconds to go, then they decide to go and get an easy layup and get two. It's like And, and Casey Jacobson was on the call being like, what, that what didn't do anything for them. He went from <laughs> yeah. you took it from a two-possession game to a two-possession game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> stupid, stupid decision making. Then Bobby Hurley calls a timeout, like to freeze the free throw shooter, which like you could have had that timeout to try to set something up, but no. Um <laughs> insane decision making. From, really, from really Arizona funny State. end after a great run for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um very stupid. So they are They've now lost five of their last six. I think their tournament hopes are dead. Um, yeah, they're they, they're dead. They're gone. Uh, I mean, I guess if they they got Stanford, Cal, Colorado, Utah, uh, in the next four games, I guess they could sort of win all four of those. But then they finish the season with Arizona, UCLA, USC. They probably need to go two and one in that stretch, and that is asking a lot, a lot of Arizona State, especially since all three of those games are on the road. Yeah. So, um, they. They fucked themselves yet again. A bit about Oregon though. You said that they you think that their tournament chances are dead. I kinda of still don't think so. We said that they had to go three and one over the next four game stretch. They uh they lost to Arizona, which like that's not a horrendous loss. They actually moved up one in Ken Palm after that loss. Um and then they and then they beat Arizona State. They have moved up. They entered the weekend number 56 in Kempom. They're now at number 52. So they actually moved up four spots um, over the course of the weekend. They now okay. get UC- They now get USC and UCLA in Eugene. In Eugene. I-, I still think it's on the table for them to, if they go, th- like I said, they had to go three and one in this, in this two-week stretch. They're one and one. If they sweep USC-UCLA, I- that gets them in, Greg. You don't think so. You don't think they're good enough. T- do you think they're good enough to sweep USC-UCLA? Do you think that's... That even puts them in position. I guess it's not over, but I don't
1: think they're good enough to sweep USC UCLA, and I I don't (laughs) think I could see them losing another after that. You know?
0: Yeah. Well, so here's the thing:
1: is and they have
0: ten losses right now. Here's the thing: is after that, they coast. They get to coast. Like they get Washington State still. They still have Washington State, and that's in Pullman. You're right. Um, But I think they're better than Washington State, so they get they are better. Yeah. After the LA schools and they play them in Eugene again, they get them in Eugene. The oh, fuck. So they then Washington they play.
1: has a better record than Washington State.
0: Yeah, it's absurd. That's it wild. Make any sense. We'll get to Washington <laughs> State. It's absurd. Um, they're a much better team than Washington, but uh, the records do not uh, express that. <laughs> anyway, go on. I'm sorry for interrupting. No, no, no. But after the L- they get the LA schools in Eugene, they get Washington, Washington State, Oregon State, Cal, Stanford. They could win five in a row there. Easy. I, I, especially if they're like playing well. They have been playing pretty well. Like it, This has not been a horrendous you know, month or so. And losing to Arizona, getting your ass beat by Arizona at the McHale Center, I don't know. I don't think there's any shame in that. Um, so if they rattle off, what is this, eight straight wins to end the season, including the Arizona State win on Saturday, I think that does it for them. Maybe get one tournament win. I think that's enough. I guess that's
1: a good point that i do think uh i th- i do think it matters with the selection uh for the tournament if you're in good form at the end of the season uh that many that many consecutive wins might do it and i guess 10 losses isn't prohibitive uh you can get in with 10 losses if you have the right wins so i may have jumped the gun on saying their tournament hopes are dead uh it was just such a big loss and you're right though getting blown out by arizona is something that like everyone does
0: yeah uh, especially at the McHale center i mean again yeah arizona is uh arizona is like utah at the McHale center honestly um they're at that level when they play when they play in tucson oh you
1: mean like utah football i was gonna say like utah the huntsman center is nothing (laughs) special (laughs)
0: no no utah football yeah you're right yeah Yeah, i'm mixing i should have said that yeah uh so i I don't know i think it's uh i think it's it's gonna be important for a uh, porn stretch for oregon so i don't think they're dead yet um we'll see we'll see what happens to them uh did you see asu's jerseys by the way did you get to check them out the the white ones the, against oregon yeah the black history month edition ones with the flowers on the sides i
1: in, I, I liked them i'm I, i'm not a fan of asu's color scheme i don't like <laughs> the maroon i don't like the yellow <laughs> yes but that's clear. uh I, I did like these jerseys. It, they, I don't know, they're just, they're nice.
0: They're nice, yeah. I like the uh, the little pattern on the side. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the best jersey they've worn all season. Uh, maybe in the past couple of seasons. These are beautiful. Um, those little um, flowers for Black History
1: Month. Pretty cool. I, they're so much better than like the mustard yellow jerseys that they wear <laughs> so often.
0: The mustard yellow jerseys are not good, but I do like the maroon with a touch of yellow.
1: Well, I are like better. the white
0: with the maroon. I you know, I, I, I
1: like their white jerseys. I think their colors are solid accents, but uh, I don't like their uh, full color jerseys. Okay. All right. These Fair are enough. good though. These were good. They uh they did a good job, and they're gonna be much better than the the boat uniforms that Utah <laughs> <laughs> I believe is wearing against Cal tonight. Oh, they're wearing boat uniforms. Okay. I I think they are. Okay. Uh, if I if i'm remembering their what, tweet correctly what? I, what, what boat the uss salt lake you remember the uh uh yes this is I know the military appreciation about.
0: uh how yeah, so they the football
1: we... team wore the boat uniforms but the basketball team has has boat uniforms as well
0: can we just talk about how i'm gonna tweet this now uh can we just talk about how washington is doing black history month jerseys Arizona State is doing Black History Month jerseys.
1: Utah, <laughs> Utah is, doing is doing military, military, propaganda. military
0: appreciation <laughs> propaganda jerseys. Are you fucking kidding me? Utah might be doing Black History Appreciation <laughs> jerseys later. Uh, it, you know, <laughs> I there, hope there's so, a whole month. Is a
1: bad look, <laughs> <laughs> but that would be really fucking funny. Oh my sad. god!
0: Oh my god!
1: <laughs> let me let me just take a look at their Twitter account and see if they have any uh. Uh, oh my goodness yeah, so today is the salute to service game uh and it is it is the boat uniforms that they're wearing i i see no evidence of a uh of a black history jersey hopefully that's
0: coming at some point this month i hope so uh anyways
1: <laughs> that would be such a bad look <laughs> Uh, right.
0: now UW UW did not do black history jerseys uh I think this week cuz they were on the road but I they had some really cool black history month jerseys last year. We'll have to they pull them up They did those at some were point. really nice. Those are beautiful. <laughs> okay, let's let's uh get off jersey talk. Uh let's talk about UCLA and USC. They swept the Washington schools uh over the weekend. The Bruins, start with them, mostly controlled their game against the Huskies. Uh they faltered a little bit in the second half, not an uh not a very pretty confidence inspiring win but they did win somewhat handily they followed that up with a complete ass kicking of washington state they beat the cougs 76 to 52 on saturday night meanwhile on thursday night the trojans started with a gutty 10 point win over washington state and ended with a tough close win over the huskies at the galen center on saturday night so both the la school sweep uh what stuck out to you about any of these games and did you get to watch any of them
1: Yeah, so I got to see the entirety—well, not the entirety. I didn't watch the very end because it was a blowout. But uh, UCLA-Washington State is the one I watched the most of. And uh, that was very interesting because the beginning of that game, probably like the first five, six minutes, nobody on either team was interested in playing defense or missing any (laughs) shots. (laughs) It was pretty— it, it was just funny. Every, it was uh, just miss, uh, makes both ends of the court. But after that, UCLA, you know, I was very impressed with how they just completely shut down Washington State. Like, Washington State had nothing rest of that game. Uh, and sure, the shooting was bad, but I, I, I think UCLA had something to do with that. I think they defended well. Uh, they made things really hard on Muhammad Gay. Uh, so I, I was impressed by UCLA, and it makes... It's like making me a little more excited for that next uh, that next Arizona game. I think they, uh, I don't know, I think they've learned a few things. This is better than the last time they played Washington State. I think they uh, were more prepared for Muhammad Gay. They were more prepared for the way Washington State likes to shoot threes, the first five minutes of that game, notwithstanding. Uh, and Washington State might be the most similar you're gonna get to playing Arizona. Uh, when you're not playing Arizona in the Pac-12, so you know it was I. Uh, I was impressed by that more than anything else from the weekend from the LA schools.
0: Yeah, it was the uh, it was maybe the best game UCLA has played since. Oh God, I'm gonna go back here. Let's let's find out. Uh, let's maybe the best game they've played since they hammered like Washington. Washington maybe i'd say they beat the shit out of utah but utah didn't have um brandon carlson so how much oh yeah that's a good point the utah game know, was dominant but god maybe the best maybe the best game from them in all of the conference play conference season at this point um washington state's a good team now they were missing a couple of players due to some illnesses because you know washington yeah. state is but that was wild how many players were gone perpetually cursed um so they only had seven scholarship players suiting up for them but uh i mean they still had all their best players and their core players and ucla just completely suffocated them i don't think it was like a washington state got tired and lost by 20 they they were pretty much down by 20 early on in the second half um you're right about muhammad gay that was probably the most impressive thing about this game muhammad gay against ucla back in december on december 30th he had 18 points and 18 rebounds uh against <laughs> ucla <laughs> On Saturday, six points and four rebounds. They smothered him. Uh, the game plan was pretty clearly, from Mick Cronin, sell out to stop Muhammad Gay. Um, and, uh, like, at any time he had the ball down low, they sent another guy at him. Adem Bona, though, when he did have to go one-on-one with him, did a really did good job. I did a good job, job. yeah. Uh, Adem Bona was really impressive. This is maybe, probably, I don't know. Uh, it's best defensive um, game. It's I certainly think. the best defensive game he's had, just given how much he had an impact on Muhammad Gay. Muhammad Gay is a a, a, a taller, more skilled player, mm-hmm. um, so he did a really good job on Muhammad Gay. And offensively, I think he did a good job too. He had three blocks, also. Uh, he had three blocks and two steals in this game. He was his length was getting into Washington State's passing lanes a couple of times there, more than two. I think he had. I don't know. Like, I think McCrone said he had like. 10 deflections or 12 deflections or something like that um really really good game from him um it it was it was awesome i think it was a the best game the ucla has played in some time clearly they had their wake-up call against usc where they just sort of completely collapsed you read your soul searching
1: uh (laughs) your soul searching piece uh not soon
0: enough because they played ugly against washington that's a good point but uh you know now they now they get another they'll get another opportunity to kind of test themselves against uh Oregon next Saturday. But uh yeah, I think that is the most impressive game of the weekend is uh UCLA beating Washington State. What'd you think of what'd you think of USC though? They 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 went and swept both Washington and Washington State. I mean, Washington State is a tough team a very competitive team competitive with everyone except ucla i guess Mm -hmm. uh and you know washington is a talented team what did you think of their sweep were you unimpressed by them neutral
1: i don't want to say i was unimpressed uh neutral is probably better i wasn't like particularly impressed but i i have more positive feelings to them for this weekend than negative ones because i just think they did what they had to do you know this is this is a good a good weekend for usc Ah, uh, you didn't need to blow them out, and they didn't. But at the same time, neither win was too sweaty, you know, like they weren't totally comfortable. But like, I don't think they were ever in massive amounts of danger, unless oh, I didn't see the end of that Washington game, so maybe it got a little <laughs>
0: dicey. It got a little dicey, but I think USC was still ah, uh, they were mostly in control. Mostly, yeah, I mean, there was there was a couple of times where Washington was really starting to push, but.
1: They were Um, mostly good performances, though, and they finished the job both times, even with a Muhammad Gay uh, supernova. So good job, USC. I think this is exactly what you needed going into the Oregon schools. uh, And, man, I think USC, yeah, unless they just completely, completely collapse in these last six games, they're a lock for the tournament. Like, they could even lose two of them and I think they're still in.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think I, I only think see
1: one team that I am a little bit worried about them losing to.
0: Yeah, uh, and that would be who's that? Oregon, uh, uh, uh,
1: Utah without Gabe Madsen, I just don't think is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Over these but outside games. of that, it's it's Oregon State, easy win. Cal, easy win. Stanford, easy win. Colorado, a maybe. little dicey. Yeah, a little maybe dicey. that's a little dicey, but it should be a win as well. So I, I think USC. They've done a great job in conference play.
0: Yeah, I think they are, and they're they're. We're talking about UCLA Arizona for the Pac twelve title. USC they got a, they, they s- get another matchup against Arizona. They are one game back of UCLA in the conference regular season conference title race. So I don't, I'm not. Yeah, they're not out of it. They can win the Pac twelve They Pac-12 beat Arizona,
1: season. and UCLA beats Arizona, or I should say, and and, and Arizona beats UCLA. They're right. I mean, I think they're tied in that scenario. Yeah. And just one slip up from one of those other teams, and they get a share of the title. Like, like this is absolutely doable for them.
0: Yeah, and they've got the talent. I mean, Kobe yeah, Johnson, even, it, I'm not sure if you got to watch much of uh, uh, saw or, or um, noticed much of Kobe Johnson, but he's awesome. He's starting to really come into form this season. He's like, he plays a lot like Jalen Clark in the... For in that most of his games, he's sort of he's sort of quiet, unassuming. He's not scoring a ton, but he's mm-hmm. getting steals. He's getting a bunch of steals. Uh he's getting a bunch of deflections. He's making the right play. He's not really turning the ball over very much. Um he's he's really, really good. Uh he's uh not, I would say he's not defensive player of the year in the Pac twelve, but he's certainly a contender. He's certainly one of the five best defenders in yeah, the Pac twelve. He he reminds me a lot of sophomore Jalen Clark, and he's he's a sophomore I... himself. I love the Jalen Clark comparison because it's just a similar
1: feeling when watching him. It's like, he's not the best player on the court. He's not the most skilled player on the court, but you just, it, you feel so much better about the team when
0: he's there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Trey white also chipped in 22 points off 10 for 16 shooting. He's a freshman. So that's a, a really good sign if you're USC, especially, I mean, assuming he comes back, I don't really know what the status is of Trey white as a, uh, you know, as a one and one done or what his recruiting profile was or anything like that. But and Vincent Iwichuku, uh, he was okay. He was a little quieter this game. I don't think he was anywhere near as effective as he has been, but um still they figured it out. Did a good job. So good job on USC. I mean, beating the teams that you should, but that's that's not something that Pac-12 teams normally do. Um that aren't UCLA Arizona, honestly. And even Arizona yeah. hasn't always beaten the teams that it should. So you gotta I, I think it's worth giving them credit for that. All right. Let's move on uh, to wrap up this week. Who's your MVP this week? Got one? Ooh. I I sh- I should have I should have gotten
1: one. Uh, uh I guess it's probably Julius Tabales. He Yeah. Yeah, he, he he had a fucking great week.
0: Yeah. He had an amazing weekend. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Julius Tabales. I I'm very hesitant to say that he's going to win Pacto player of the year, but I think he is.
1: Um I mean, I I I really would be shocked at this point if he
0: doesn't. Yeah, I think he was the Yeah, he'll he'll run away
1: with it. It's, he's it's, really close to averaging 20 and 10.
0: Yeah. No, it's been a it's been a great year for him and he's grown a lot and is one of the best the best bigs in the country, I think. He's not as he doesn't he's not It's weird watching him cuz he's not like, I don't know, like a Drew Timmy, right? He's through, Yeah, he's a completely a different style of player. Different kind of player. Completely different. So, uh, I'll give one to Trey White also. He had 14 points. One. 14 yeah. points off six for nine shooting against Washington State. Followed it up with a 22 point game, as I just mentioned, 10 for 16 shooting uh, to go along with eight boards, four assists, and a steal against the Huskies. So he's another one I throw in there. Um, I think I wanted to. Oh, there was one other player i don't know i always like i have these written down and then i'm like nah i don't want to do that and i want to do something else but anyway Jaime hawkeyes i'll give it to him he's always he's always good always consistent uh he had uh 24 points against washington state had a pretty okay game against uh not maybe not for his standard but pretty good against washington he went he had 15 points off uh with 10 boards and an assist and two steals so pretty good pretty good weekend from him okay uh shit shack Teams that you think uh, deserve some shame. Huh. Well, you've got the perennial,
1: of course, of, of Cal, who yes. uh, I am fully expecting to lose to a Gabe Madsen-less Utah tonight, <laughs> which is embarrassing. Uh, they should be ashamed <laughs> of that. Uh, so yeah, preemptively Cal, and then also, of course, they lost to Colorado, which isn't great. Uh, Utah. uh. Utah is in danger here. Lost to Stanford. That's rough. Even without that's Gabe bad. Madsen, that's bad. By far their worst ease, loss of the season. I think it's the first time they've lost to a team that wasn't in Quad One or Quad Two. Uh, and you know, as I although I said that Cal is probably gonna lose tonight. If Utah loses to Cal. It's one of the worst stretches anyone's Scary had hours. this season. <laughs> Scary hours. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Utah is is
0: on shit shack watch. I think. Uh, who do you have? Cal is uh, Cal is perennially there. They scored under fifty points for the third straight game. That is humiliating. That's really really bad. I mean, I don't know. They find new ways to impress me in terms of how bad they are. Uh yeah. So they they deserve some uh, shit shack. They deserve a shit shack plaque. Honestly, we just became up with this segment three weeks ago. I think they already deserve a plaque. Um, I would say, I would say Arizona State. Uh, they got swept in. No, uh, oh, no, 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 no. They beat Oregon State. Okay, whatever. Um, but they lost to Oregon, and they are now five. We we talked about it. They are now they've yeah. now lost five of their last six. That's had a, good a chance one. against. Had a chance against Oregon. Completely blew that game in in Tempe, no less. Uh so I think I think they belong there. Washington State, I got to throw them in there. Um they did get swept by the LA schools. They were non-competitive against UCLA. Were competitive with USC, but uh the bottom ended up falling out towards the end there. So I they they are they'll get shit-shaked despite the fact that they're competent, but they have also dropped 5 of their last 6. Um and, you know, not not they've not all been particularly close. They Got blown out by Utah in Salt Lake City on January nineteenth. Played some tough games against Colorado and Arizona. Beat the shit out of Arizona State, of course they did. Um, and then lost somewhat handily to both USC and UCLA. So uh, all that talk about Washington State maybe being, uh, you know, Pac twelve contender or, or a uh, sorry, excuse me, not a Pac twelve contender, an uh, NCAA tournament bubble contender when we were talking about them after they beat Stanford. It's gone now. <laughs> it's dead. Yeah, yeah, completely it's, it's buried. Completely gone. <laughs> Um, they could win out and they still and they still wouldn't make it so
1: yeah they have to win the conference tournament to do that and
0: uh yeah and and ken palm gives them a uh is favoring them in every single game against stanford and even then they're only they're only 52 percent they're only like one point dogs in that game per ken palm so yeah uh okay let's move on to a special segment here Greg, you're, a, you're an NBA fan, right? An NBA observer? Yes, an NBA
1: observer is a good, a good way to describe where I'm at with the NBA right now.
0: <laughs> so you know the uh, trade deadline is coming up this week on February 9th. Uh, there was some crazy tread, trade deadline news with uh, Kyrie Irving demanding a trade, uh, meaning everyone was firing up their trade machines. I saw it all over Twitter, as usual. What yes. I thought we could do. Is fire up some trades of our own, Pac-12 basketball style. Uh, Greg, I want you to share your Pac-12 basketball trades, but here are the rules, okay? One, let's pretend that in we live in this fantasy world where each player is actually well compensated for their work and they're each making like a million dollars a year. So we can so it's okay that we're having them, we're trading them. And, and there's no salary cap, so you can trade them however you see fit. Uh however, the trade has to benefit both teams, obviously, and both teams would actually want to make the trade. And lastly, to entice teams to blow it up and rebuild or to gen- kind of look towards the future calling this a dead season you're allowed to trade up to three scholarship spots and those can be up to two years so let's say you're your head coach and you want to entice a team to give up a good player you can offer three additional scholarship spots for a year or two years two of them could be for one year uh, another one could be for two years whatever so you would be left with 10 scholarships and they would be they would have 16 they'd have an extra scholarship okay uh so now that we have the ground rules set, Greg, I understand that you uh, were incapable of completing this task.
1: I was. So my first instinct was get UCLA one of the bigs. Uh, okay. First thought was Brandon Carlson threw that out because there's no scenario UCLA can make that worth it to Utah. I don't think he's too valuable to them. Give up three scholarship uh, spots. Wouldn't do it. Absolutely not because you have to think who's Utah filling those scholarship spots with and none of them are going to be even close to as good as Brandon Carlson. That's the problem I had with this exercise is that uh, it's not like the NBA where uh, the player does not choose where they go when they're picked, you know, in the draft. (laughs) Draft picks, you know, the team has full control. Scholarship spots, you have to be able to recruit someone into that spot. You have to be able to recruit somebody who's worth it. And I think you also have diminishing returns for each one you get because as you have that many scholarship spots, that's a ton of players who are competing for the same amount of time on the court. And I think it's hard to recruit a player who knows there are a lot of other, like there's just going to be more competition for minutes at a school with a lot of those spots. I think that causes problems. Utah's already had problems recruiting. So I don't think anything UCLA can give makes a Carlson trade worth it. My next thought was, oh, what about Muhammad Gay for Wazoo? Problem is you have the exact same problem. And then I think, okay, well, maybe Arizona, but Arizona's not going to give up one of their two bigs. That's been the big secret sauce. Even if you change, like, I just don't think you can make any trade that is balanced because scholarship scouts aren't valuable enough uh, to offset the differences.
0: Okay, I actually have two trades here that I think only one of them uses a scholarship spot. And I think it, I think, I'm, I'm curious, I'm gonna get your reactions here. Uh, I think it does it pretty well. Okay, but first, there's one that doesn't include a scholarship spot because I think you can do this without scholarship spots if you don't wanna get go down that rabbit hole. Uh, you mentioned it, the first thought, UCLA gets the bigs. What? I'm curious to hear, uh, just to confirm, what do we say Arizona also desperately needs? We have talked about how they need a creator. They need a creator. They need guards. Uh, they need what guards and thinking? they need a creator. Amari I Bailey. No, here we go. Uh, Dylan Andrew. Even okay, crazier. Go on. Go on. Even crazier. Here it is. Okay. Arizona gives up Umar Balo yes. and Kirk for For Tiger Campbell. No, I wouldn't do that if I'm Arizona. For, no, If you're Arizona, you wouldn't do that?
1: No, I'm not I, giving okay. up Umar Balo for that.
0: Wow, you know, I was thinking about this. I'm like, I don't know that UCLA would want to give up Tiger Campbell for that. I think, I think
1: Umar Balo has been too. I think Umar Ballo has just been straight up better than Tiger Campbell this season, like by a significant margin. Tiger Campbell's the best point guard in the Pac-12. Yes, but okay, Umar Balo has been better. Like the point <laughs> guard position in the Pac-12 is not great this year. Tiger Campbell has regressed. Uh, even if he's been better than he was at the beginning of the season, he's still not shooting great. At least, I don't think he is. It hasn't felt that way watching, although I haven't looked at the numbers in a while. Uh, Umar Balo has played fantastic. Arizona is built around having that big advantage, and while I agree a creator would be great for them, I don't think Tiger Campbell is good enough to offset the difference of what they lose defensively and in the post with Umar Balo.
0: Yeah, probably this late in the season, maybe I'd probably agree with you. I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess Arizona doesn't have another big that they can throw out there. Yeah, right? it's got to be like Arizona. It's gotta be like, I think their depth is an issue. Like they don't have a. I think you'd have to if you're
1: if you're UCLA, you'd have to throw in a Dumbona. Oh, <laughs> okay.
0: Okay, so if I if still they... oh,
1: that makes it way more interesting to me. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> a,
0: a D'Ambona and Tiger Campbell for a Marballo and Kirk would you do it if you're Arizona? I don't think I would. But Okay. I like actually oh, I like thinking
1: about it a lot though. <laughs> just <laughs> what would a D'Ambona look like on Arizona?
0: I think it would be better. It'd be interesting. Yeah. In fact, because I just kind of think Marbalo fits for UCLA better than better than yeah. D'Ambona does and vice versa. Kirk Creesa on UCLA
1: <laughs> Ooh. Oh, i a, might like this thing. a
0: lot i might like this a lot <laughs> i thought kirk creesa would would fit at ucla because he'd be a backup i think dylan andrews would start over kirk creesa and kirk creesa as a backup point guard pretty good like i, I get that UCLA they've had success with the heat check guys you know <laughs> that's true yeah <laughs> like
1: kirk creesa i think is a lot like uh 2021 jules bernard oh, like in terms of okay in terms okay. of the uh Obviously, they're different style players, but the success... Like, Kirk Risa, it looks bad, and somehow it ends up good. It looks good sometimes. Somehow it ends up bad. Jules Bernard was the same way. Same, same
0: player, uh, yeah. Mick
1: Cronin managed to utilize that successfully, so I bet he could do it with Kirk Risa as well. Of course, we all know Umar Bala would have... Uh, he, would, he would be great for UCLA. They need what he brings. Uh, losing Tiger Campbell's uh just the way he runs the offense would be tough
0: though i mean i guess so but but you know arizona would say that about kirk creesa
1: kirk you know but you'd you'd be getting a better you like yeah what you'd be losing you'd be losing in umar balo to edem bono i i love this trade though i've decided (laughs) uh i want to see it
0: yeah yeah it almost fits them equally equally as well uh so Okay, so, so you would go for You think it would make sense for both teams to go Tiger Campbell and a Dembona for a more ball on
1: It might end up going horribly, but like on the surface, I can see why
0: it would work. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Okay, I've got another one here for you then. Uh, All right. Utah, what does Utah need, Greg? Utah desperately needs creation. Yeah, they need creation. They need shot makers. They need guys who are talented, and so I've decided, here's, here's my next trade. It involves Utah. It involves Utah getting better, actually. Not Utah as a team that's going to uh, uh-huh. try to build for the future. I have uh, Kaba and two one-year scholarship spots. Four, Keon Menefeld and Keon Brooks from Washington. I knew it was going to be Keon Brooks. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> if I am Utah and this was earlier in the season, I would have resoundingly... Whoa, but the problem is Utah doesn't have another big. But k -K is probably their best, youngest player. Like, if you're thinking of Washington... k -K, has to be the one to go, for sure, if you're making a trade for Utah, because he's the player with the most value, I think, that isn't Brandon Carlson, and you can't trade Brandon Carlson. But at the same time... Oh, maybe, maybe.
0: I mean, uh, here's the thing. I'm curious if... uh, Keon Menefield is a little too talented. He's a he's a he's a freshman. I'm starting to think I, think, I wouldn't do this if I think I'm Utah. I, I, if I'm I, Washington. Yeah,
1: I don't think Washington
0: does this. I'm yeah, just I trying don't think to see if it either. makes
1: sense for Utah either, and I don't think it does. Uh while they do need the creation,
0: uh, you can't play with one big like on the team. Mm. Okay. Okay. Well then, uh, how would you make this trade work? You think uh you try to get, maybe it's Cabocada, two one-year scholarship spots. Is there another young player for Utah? They don't have very many assets now that we're sort of uh, thinking it's, about it's, this. It's Cabocada.
1: It's it, that's the, <laughs> the... See, this, like, I was thinking about Utah that made me realize that trading scholarship spots just doesn't work for a lot of teams. But it would work for Washington no if you're
0: Utah. But if they they're worthless to Utah, they mean something for Washington, right? I think that's true. I think that's true. But the problem is...
1: Utah can't give anyone up or they will get tremendously worse. Utah would have to only give up scholarship spots.
0: 3 okay here here's a new here's a new plan. 3 two-year scholarship spots for both Keon Menefield and and Keon Brooks. Washington could use 3 extra scholarship spots for 2 years. They they recruit well enough for those to matter. And if they don't matter to Utah, why bother? Because <laughs> I don't think those guys make enough difference in the one year to completely mortgage the future. I I mean, you don't think that with Keon Brooks oh, and Keon Mennefield. Oh, that would be so fun. Ugh. Utah could make a push here, get to the tournament. Maybe even into next year. Since if it was at the beginning of the season,
1: it'd be a different question.
0: Okay. But it'll be the beginning of next season. Are they losing Brandon Carlson this year? I think so. Yeah, that's I guess that's a hard part, but I don't know. I feel like Craig Smith could do something with those two guys. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's tough. And and I, Keon Brooks is a big guy. He's he's pretty lengthy. He's like
1: six eight. Okay, but he's not uh, I guess K is basically six eight, so he's like six nine, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> but you're they're right. different. Um
0: I I don't think I'd do it. <laughs> okay. If you're watching it's, it's too much risk. Is there is there is there a uh, you know who I was also thinking of for this Desmond Cambridge for Arizona State uh, he is a shot maker he could create his own shots maybe a little chaotic but with some Craig Smith coaching maybe works out would you give anything up from Utah and do you think anything anything that Arizona State would want scholarship spots maybe they recruit very well probably Hurley recruits well there they uh, yeah Arizona State could use scholarship spots but at the
1: same time they. They use Desmond Cambridge. They they need Desmond Cambridge. Uh, he's been a very big part of their su- of what success they've had this season. I don't think Utah has anything that makes them better because uh, Utah and Arizona State are good at the same things. Like Desmond Cambridge, you have to give up. I think Gabe Madsen and a scholarship spot.
0: You don't think two scholarship oh. spots for two years for Desmond Cambridge? I not think they'd do that. I think Arizona State would do that, especially they might do that. yeah. If they Arizona might. State's like, look, we're not making two the tournament. years is a lot. I don't know if Desmond Cambridge is good enough for that. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. And that's the thing is that like you know when you go on sanctions, you lose scholarship spots, and I don't know. Coaches talk about those things as if they really matter. Um, That having the extra one or two guys well, that they can give out, I think matter. I think they do matter.
1: Uh, in term, I think they matter more for losing them than gaining them, if that makes sense. Like the diminishing returns of having more as opposed to it getting worse by having less, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like,
0: losing them hurts more than gaining them helps. Yeah. I guess that's fair. That's fair. Um, Any other... Did you go through any other trade scenarios here, a team that desperately needs... Like, I'm thinking... I was like, Oregon has everything at their disposal. They just... They're just bad. They have other, they have other issues <laughs> going on. <But laughs> I'm like, vibes. is there another team that's on the sc- cusp of taking it to another level, right? UCLA could use a big to try to become a, a dominant yeah, like, national like, title UCLA committee. getting Arizona a big. Needs guards. Arizona getting guards. Those
1: were the two things that were first to my mind. Utah getting a creator was next. After that, it was harder because I think a lot of teams have a lot of flaws. I'd like, actually, USC getting. <sighs> I don't know where I'd go with USC because I'm not sure if Uchuku's ready. Getting them a big might be helpful, but also getting them another another guy on the perimeter could also be helpful.
0: You know what I was also thinking about was KJ Simpson. Yeah. He, he had free a, KJ Simpson from Colorado. I He deserves about, that. Yeah. I thought about like... Arizona fans wouldn't go for this and I'm not sure Arizona would too because I think they're really excited about uh Kylan Boswell uh which is their young freshman yeah. um that they're really really excited about does not get a ton of ton of playing time um but I thought about yeah give up Kylan Boswell maybe maybe another maybe a Henry Visar two guys who are freshmen who are not getting much playing time give up those two guys for KJ Simpson really help this team I don't know well, how about this year, for sure? Yeah, that's that's interesting. However, I I'm not gonna
1: lie, I cannot stop thinking about that first trade.
0: <laughs> Tiger and Campbell and Dembona for Marbello and Cricciser Yeah,
1: I want to I want to see it so badly now. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> you're right, you're right. It's an intriguing one. All right, well, if you've got uh, out there, if you've got more trades that you want to share with us, maybe maybe there's a player out there that you really think would get your team to some prominence or maybe maybe your team sucks and you're like, you know what? Let's take the scholarship spots. Let's let's mail it in this year. Get scholarship spots from, you know, from someone else, right? Uh from another team that you think would be helpful to your team or young players, you know, that's Arizona's got a couple freshmen, UCLA have a couple freshmen uh that they aren't going to really be utilizing this season. Yeah, maybe you uh do something there. So. Anyway, I thought that would be a fun. I, I don't know, I enjoyed doing that. And let's uh let's move on to make some game predictions. All right, uh, Greg, how about an update
1: on Wooden's Weekly Winners? So, we have a double update for this week. Um this week uh, what was i saying right yeah last week uh, cam and me tied going 6 of 12 not a great week but better than the week before so that's good um this week it's not over yet cuz we still got two games left but it's looking like it's going to be s c uh, that is s hyphen c as in ocean oh uh, he's likely going to go 10 for 12 uh good job the hardest teams to pick for the week were uh, Utah because of the uh, the loss to Stanford. Nobody saw that one coming. Easiest teams are Cal and UW going 0 and 2. Assuming Cal does go 0 and 2. If Stanford loses to Colorado, the best pick would be by Tail Slap being the only person to pick Stanford to go 1 and 1.
0: And yeah, that's that's the last two weeks of Wood's Weekly Winners. All right. Thanks so much for that. Okay. I've got three games for us to pick this week. Not a ton of great games. This is what happens when two-thirds of the Pac-12 are not good. But here we are anyway. Uh, First up, Thursday, February 9th at 8 p.m. Pacific, USC is traveling to Eugene to play Oregon on ESPN2. The Ducks are two-point home favorites. Greg, who wins who covers? I
1: will be rooting hard for USC because I'm sick of Oregon. (laughs) But... (laughs) This feels like a spot where Oregon muddies the waters for the Pac-12, makes everybody upset,
0: and so I'm gonna pick Oregon to win. I don't trust Oregon. Do I trust USC on the road yet? Do I have that? Well, that's the problem is I just don't trust USC that much either. (laughs) Yeah, give me Oregon. I think they're gonna win. I'm not sure if they cover two points. I mean, it's basically a pick 'em at that point. But uh, yeah, give me Oregon. I think they're gonna win this one, which is gonna really fuck things up for the Pac-12. Yeah. Okay. Next up, Saturday night, UCLA travels to Eugene to play Oregon on ESPN at 7 p.m. Pacific. The Bruins are actually six-point road favorites. Greg, who wins, who covers? With
1: the Adembona Masterclass against Muhammad Gay and Washington State, I have hope. and So I will pick UCLA to win and win big
0: in Eugene. Don't let me down, Bruins. <laughs> oh man i feel weird about this one because ucla does struggle with oregon they the last time they played oregon not really convincing and that game was at home this one's in eugene oregon has enough size to really frustrate the shit out of the bruins i'm feeling some bad vibes from here i'm not sure if i'm allowed to do that i've been stealing avery spit (laughs) no i think it's good you nailed the uh the usc loss I did, but I completely missed on the Washington State one. Um, That's a good point. I think I think Oregon wins this one. Um, I think Oregon does enough to get itself back into the bubble conversation. Oh cool boy! Put themselves squarely in the bubble. Um, I'm, they may even get into the, the outside of the bubble and get into the tournament based on those, but. We will see. All right, last one. Just thought this would be a fun rivalry game, because, and I also don't know which way it's going to go. Colorado travels to Salt Lake City to play their fo- fellow mountain dwellers in the Utah Running Moose. The Moose are four-point home favorites. Greg, who wins who covers?
1: This is tough because Colorado is frisky, and Utah doesn't have Gabe Madsen. I want Utah, obviously, but I think it's going to be a rough finish to the season, so I'm going Colorado.
0: Yeah, Gabe Madsen being out really messes things up. He's out four to six weeks with a leg injury, if you did not know. And that is Utah's best shooter, I'd say. Yeah, uh, Maybe not and their best scorer, a team but certainly their best shooter. On a team that does not have a surplus of shooters. So that,
1: that loss is going to hurt a lot. Already has.
0: Colorado's just such a shitty team sometimes. Uh, you but know, yeah.
1: Back to MVPs, because I just remembered this, and I should have mentioned it earlier. In a loss, Lazar Stefanovic, oh yeah, twenty six points against Stanford. Yeah. He 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 did his best to carry the load for Gabe Madsen. Uh Wasn't enough. Anyway, back to what you were saying.
0: Yeah, I think I'm also picking Colorado. I think they win this one here. Oh, it's gonna be tough. I don't know. Tough. Yeah. Cer- certainly, Utah. I don't think is covering four points uh, per Ken Palm. Uh, Ken Palm's not factoring in the fact that Gabe Madsen is. Yeah, it's it, that's you know. tough anyway okay that's it that's all we've got remember we've got all kinds of Pac-12 content up at our patreon at notruckstops.com some of it's free some of it's exclusive so go check that out and uh, stay tuned if any big football news drops we'll be here to talk about it uh, for now we're still firmly in basketball season so come talk ball with us anyway that's Greg I'm Carlos thank you for listening and remember there are no truck stops here
1: not truck stops uh, not ruck stops her dot e <laughs> Still and thick with smoke, so thick it makes you choke. The crowd files in, the coffee's kicking in my patience to everything. Said I'm lonelier than a single sax on a quiet city street. Things aren't always green.